are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day you're listening to always wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. I am now verified on my personal account. I am now celeb status. So go follow me at creatorthomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. But unfortunately, my podcast handles are not verified. Just the boy itself. But on today's pod, Javi and I are going to talk about uh, Sunday's game on the pod, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a fan in sports today in today's environment. Then we're going to finish the pod by talking about Saturday's game. Just me going solo, recapping and discussing that game and some of the trade candidates coming out from that game and their uh, spectacular offensive or pitching performance. So whole lot to talk about in today's pod. But first, if you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Arm Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's jump into that conversation that I recorded on Spotify Greenroom. Look What's at you up? cheesing saying starting at the top of the ninth for the comeback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there's always a chance, but I mean, oh no, hundred percent, only run run game. Yeah, there's always. You should have seen Padres' Twitter, dude. Why? Because they were losing it. They're like, we blew the game. Now we're gonna lose today, and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, like I get that they're an inconsistent team sometimes, and they sweep the Dodgers, but then could lose to the D-backs. But I, I just, you can't at one point be so hyped about the offense. And then in the seventh inning, because things look bad, you just you just quit. Like, yeah, this happens. You don't want to you don't want to look like Millard, the Miami Heat fans from that one Ooh. finals in twenty fourteen. Oh. Yeah, when they left early. Yeah, dude, that's one of my favorite videos of all time. By the way, when this it's it's not like they went far, and the security <laughs> guards are still looking at them, and they still didn't let him back in. I agree. That is some spoiled shit right there. You know what I mean? Some some entitled shit where like. The fact you're at an NBA Finals game alone is insane, right? The fact that you're at game six is insane, and you're going to leave just like that. And they already won the previous year. Yeah, the Heat fans were – there was a lot of bandwagon going on there. The, the Florida fans in general are kind of whack. Maybe they want That's to beat that traffic, Javi, you know? Maybe, Maybe they did, that. but who cares? You're at the finals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this isn't some regular season game. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in who cares – Traffic, whatever, we got to stay. Um, unless it's crazy. Unless it's like you're losing 7-2 in like the 8th or something like that. You know what I mean? But I still think like this is, costs a lot of money, man. And for you to just be leaving like that is a lot of entitlement and privilege there. 
Um, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, that's a good the opportunity cost of how much I spend on the tickets because I'm definitely like, getting bro, my money's worth. If I'm spending a K on some nosebleed. Like, <laughs> like imagine some dude at the the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl that was a Pats fan dropped like three grand on those tickets or whatever and then left early. Like you, I mean, I guarantee you there was some Pat fan that like left and then they missed the greatest comeback ever, basically in the Super Bowl. And then now they look stupid. And it's like, yeah. And I just love that the the security guards. I said, nope, you ain't coming back in. Nope, sorry, <laughs> not gonna not gonna be able to do it. I think that might have been the biggest thing that LeBron started too is like the idea of rooting for players instead of teams because LeBron, yeah, it yeah, happened a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he's just such a people just follow LeBron. Mercenary. They're, they're just yeah, LeBron yeah. bandwagon. So, you know, people aren't even fans of the team. They like the teams he's on because LeBron's on the team. But wherever LeBron mm-hmm. goes, they go. And I think that's just a bigger thing you see across all sports now. I mean, a lot of people, Steph yeah. Curry fans, Kevin Durant fans. Now, you got a guy like Tatis. A lot of people are going to be proud of the Padres fans just because they love yeah. the end of Tatis. 100%. And I'm, like, kind of for the bandwagon to a degree. I just think what you can't do is – you can't say like you're a, a fan fan of teams, if that makes sense. You could just be like, hey, my thing is I'm a big fan of baseball, basketball, football, whatever, and I just like following players, and that'll be my team for yeah. a little bit. I'm not saying I'm some diehard guy. This is my team right now. I'm fine with that. Live your life because the counter I've always made is like this whole allegiance thing. Now, I will say this. When your team is finally good, it is worth it, man. So, But if you're someone who doesn't want to go down the road of being like – all right, well, the Cleveland Indians refuse to spend money, and the Colorado Rockies are in shambles, and they're also just have bad ownership. Say you're a fan of the Knicks. Now, this is a bad example because they're good now, but if you were a Knicks fan and you were like my dad and he was just like, I'm not going to be a fan of them anymore. I'm just going to watch general basketball. I don't begrudge you that because a blind allegiance to a team is kind of helping those people that don't care about actually making a change that are in charge. You know what I'm saying? Like making it that Dolan doesn't care that, you know, the, the team is absolutely terrible. JT! JT's back. I know, yeah. I love JT. My guy. Yeah, maybe all Kings fans should just hop off. Yeah, Kings like, fans. I wouldn't begrudge them that. It's <laughs> unfortunate in baseball sometimes, because, like, you have the A's, who you know if they stopped going to games, ownership would be like, see, this is why we don't spend more money. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be, it's, that's just the way they manipulate it right now, whatnot. But, um, I'm pretty sure you told me the story, game. Javi, but how did you become a Padres fan? The Padres, uh, 2015, after they traded everybody, I started paying attention to them a little bit more because I've been looking for an out from the Yankees Mm -hmm. for a while. And I still root for both New York teams because I hate Boston that much. I'm dead serious. I hate them that much. But, like, (laughs) anything – so, like, a pretty good – so, for me, I wouldn't mind the Mets or the Yankees if they won it all. Now, I know the Yankees aren't looking too likely, but just because I know it would get the the Red Sox fans heated, right? Um, But, like, there's too many things about that culture that over the years I've hated – just as small things like the hair, like no facial hair and all that, right? But then basically also in high school, one of my closest friends that I met, he's from San Diego. He's go D-backs and then he left. Yeah, like a snake. Um, <laughs> he just snaked out of here. Dropped a comment. Uh, that like – and also one of my really good friends is from San Diego, so that was part of it too. And then this this thing came along basically. Um, so that basically made me full-fledged and God. It's like crazy because some days I'm – this weekend, I was like, ah, you know what? It's the D-back series. It's not as crazy of a series. Maybe I'll take one of the games off. Nope. I watched every single one. It's just that fun of a team to watch. Javi and I will continue our conversation. But first, do you love to order fish when you go out to eat but never make it for yourself at home? 
Cooking restaurant quality dishes at home starts with high quality seafood and simple techniques from Wild Alaskan Seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high quality, sustainably sourced wild caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination. And every month, there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, well-caught, individually wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company Seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, cancel, your membership anytime and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know we sent you. All right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Because I'm, because I get a lot of crap because I grew, I grew up as like a Lakers, Red Sox, Saints fan. So obviously those three teams Oof. are nowhere near the vicinity Lakers, of Red each Sox, other. Saints. <laughs> yeah, obviously those teams have no correlation. But I'm always like, why would you just be a fan of the team that you were born next to? Like that's so hundred percent. I've like, always been like that, that too. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Just like who you're going to like, you know? I grew up, yeah. I like those three teams because they had some superstar players, Kobe, Big Poppy, and Drew Brees. Yeah. That was my big three of athletes growing up. So yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily even the, 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 That's the our success generation that they right had. There. Because, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't care anything about the Lakers championships if you yeah. like them. I just 100%. saw Kobe, and that dude was just freaking a killer on the court. That's all I cared about. Yeah. And so I, I, think, I always um, felt like that. That's how I feel. It's it's kind of like, yeah, no, it's it's just, um, what's the word? The idea that rooting for the team for whatever reasons, you like the players, you like this or whatever, the idea that that's somehow more arbitrary than just wherever you grew up in, why? That's random too. We don't choose where the hell we grow up in. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not how this works. You're not a two-year-old and you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm running away from home. That's not – I mean unless you – yeah, I don't want to make too many assumptions. <laughs> People have really dark lives. But like that's for the most part, it's like I've never understood that. And someone's like, oh, well – you know, do you just root for Chatham instead of Morristown High School, which is where I, you know, where I'm from? And then it's like, all right, yeah, that's different because I have a direct allegiance. I went to school there. I did not play <laughs> yeah. for the Padres or anything like that, right? Um, so that's just a, a little weird. It's completely different. And for me, I just think that, um, hundred percent. I just, I support it, man. I support it. Yeah. I support rooting for teams for other reasons than just where you were born. Hey, the Chargers I got into literally for the logo. And because everyone in my class in middle school was was a jerk to me and treated me like a loser. So I was like, why in the world do I want to be part of these guys rooting for the Giants and Jets? I was like, no, screw that. I'm going to choose the lightning bolt because I wanted to be different. That kind of explains my personality. I get angry and then decide to lash out and then find a different way around things, I guess. Um, And that's what happens. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that that's necessarily an issue. But you do. Now, my one friend, there's some there's some layers to it. 
when my one friend who is a he's a Celtics fan, he's a Patriots fan, but then a, a Yankees fan. That's a little weird because there is a lot of history there, and you only chose the sport where Boston was worse at to not be. You know what I mean? It's like that's a that's a little bit odd in my opinion. But uh, yeah, man, I, I'm full support of it, and glad the Lakers lost for the sake of my boy. But you know. Yeah, and he probably should have chosen the Red Sox because I'm guessing if he's near your age, he's seen a lot more Red Sox championships in his life than uh, Yankees championships. Yeah, but the real thing he cares about the most is the Pats. The Patriots are just always been his team. Yeah, and the Patriots fans, uh, I mean, they could be kind of annoying, but, I mean, when you have 20 years of sustained success, (laughs) when you're in the Super Bowl seemingly every year, I mean, of course you're going to have a big ego for those guys. And anyone who pushes back against liking teams outside your market, I just call those people robots. I mean, they just listen to their programming. (laughs) That's the only reason why they like their teams, because they're programming. The parents were fans of teams. They don't do anything for themselves. They're a robot. They don't think for themselves. So I have no respect for those people. But Javi, the game today, just a huge culmination of why this D-back season so infuriating because they come up clutch in the end. Uh, you know, we had that top tease. He threw the ball away. Uh, some people said it wasn't really bad defense. It was more bad decision-making. I consider, I consider decision-making part of defense if you're not a high, high IQ player in the moment. I'm not saying he's a low IQ mm-hmm. player, but you need to make good decisions when you're in defense to, to lead to positive outcomes. And so D-backs yeah. able to take a two-run lead. But, of course, their bullpen gives it up. Matt Peacock, who is a journeyman because he, it wasn't like he's played on a lot of teams. This guy literally quit baseball for a little bit to go work on, like, his family's farm or mill or something like that and decided to come back. And the D-backs were like, yeah, let's make you a starter and, you know, high-leverage reliever. And, of course, you get results like this when that happens. So, yeah. uh, just that, that's been the most infuriating part, the fact that the it feels like the offense and pitching is never on the same page. Some days we have great offense when the pitching gives it away late, or some days we have great pitching and the offense goes over 10 runs in scoring position. <laughs> we had that game a couple of weeks ago against the Giants. They were up 7 nothing. They were up, like, 5 nothing, then, like, 7-2. to two. They were up 8-5 entering the bottom of the eighth. Two outs. Mike Yastrzemski hits a grand slam. Then the next 10 minutes, the game is over because the D-backs have a 1-2-3 inning in the top of the ninth, and that's how most D-backs games go. So I'm not surprised to see the D-backs take a lead late and then give up the lead late as well because they are not clutch at all when it comes to their bullpen and high leverage. Yeah, man. I mean, last year, I'm going to – sorry, Javi, I'm going on a rant, but last year their no, closer okay. was Stefan Crichton, and they designated him last week for assignment. So that, that lets you know the state of the D-backs. Their closer last year – is not even good enough to be on the roster anymore for a roster that's the worst in baseball. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's it's rough for you right now. Uh, I am feeling you. I feel your pain. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Padres, the only thing I say is to the fans, like, that were freaking out after. I mean, the Tatis era, you should freak out. But then they have a good offense. You can't just all of a sudden decide you don't believe them anymore. But. I will be recapping Saturday's game, but first, as you know, Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors. They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I'm grinding away at the gym every day, but Bilt Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but it's high in protein and it's high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. Go to BiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com.
All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Let's talk about Saturday's game because Saturday was a real fun game. This was the kind of game that the D-backs not needed, but maybe their fans needed because it's hard to turn on a D-backs game, as you guys know. And this was a great performance because it was against the Padres. We had both elite pitching and elite hitting. The D-backs never get that. The offense went crazy. 16 hits, 10 earned runs. You got a home run by Escobar. You got a home run by Christian Walker. A home run by David Peralta. Uh, phenomenal stuff, or excuse me, not a home run by David Peralta, just a home run by Escobar and Christian Walker. That was a double that I was reading, so Peralta had a double in this game. Peralta in this game went two for five, and really, this was a great showcase of the offense because a lot of those guys are going to be moved, as we keep saying, and Merrill Kelly, who was pitching, could be moved as well. So this, Merrill Kelly's last two starts have been phenomenal. In this uh, game on Saturday, Merrill Kelly went six innings, five hits, no earned runs, and five strikeouts. And he threw 99 pitches, so a decent amount, but 64 of them for strikes. Really impressive by Merrill Kelly. And his last start, he only gave up one earned run as well uh, in the start against the Brewers back on June 21st. He went seven innings, one earned run. So back-to-back good starts by Merrill Kelly, who hasn't been atrocious the year. I think he was really bad to start the year, uh, where he gave up six earned runs apiece in two of his first three starts. But after that, he's only had one start where he's given up more than four earned runs. So it hasn't really been that bad. Uh, and he goes deep in a lot of these games. He has a, what, one, two, three Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten starts where he went at least six innings this year. Let me count that again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, ten of his how many starts has he made? Six. So ten of his sixteen starts, Merrill Kelly has pitched at least six innings. So Merrill Kelly goes deep into these ball games at the very least. He may not always be, you know a shutdown ace in these games, but he does pitch effectively enough in most of these games to at least go deep into them. And he really does save your bullpen. If you need a guy to just eat innings, if you're a guy like the New York Mets, let's say, I think the New York Mets are a perfect team for Merrill Kelly because they have injuries galore across their rotation. They just need someone capable, serviceable, decent enough to throw in there that could just eat innings up as they deal with injuries until those guys get back. And someone like Merrill Kelly can do that for you. He might give up two earned runs. He might give up four or five earned runs. But at the very least, you know you can count on my, count on him for six innings, even if he gives up four or five earned runs. He's still going to go six innings. You can still make him throw 102 pitches. Merrill Kelly's a guy who's fresh. He's in his third season. He might be 31, 32, but still only in his third season. Uh, coming over from overseas. So Merrill Kelly, I I think you're not going to get a big return from him. I think if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you could get the 15th best prospect back, someone's organization. I think you're more likely to get back someone who's already been on the major league level, who might have been a a solid prospect back in the day, but had just really struggled on the major league level. Someone like, uh, I don't even know who I can name, but someone who was a, a decently regarded prospect who didn't show much flashes on the major league level. Someone like Geraldo Perdomo, someone like on that tier who was 
of course, in the in the D-back system, or not Geraldo Perdomo, Domi- Domingo Leyva, that's what I'm thinking of, not Perdomo. Domingo Leyva was someone that was a decently regarded prospect in the D-back system, but he's been so bad on the major league level that they said, let's just get him, uh, just kick him off the team. He's still young, but he has not been worth it. He can't play defense, and his bat has not been able to hold any weight to it. So I think the D-backs could get uh, a player in that kind of tier, in that kind of genre, a guy who had really great flashes on the minor league level, not really so many on the major league level. And I, I think those are the kind of players you could get for most of these guys on the D-backs roster. I think Eduardo Escobar could definitely get you back a, a pretty solid return. I mean, Escobar's numbers on the year, he's got 17 home runs, which is really good. OBP's only 300, uh, average only 254, so both pretty low in both categories, but He's a guy that I think is going to have the most value on this team. I can see David Peralta get moved. I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, the guys that could be moved on this team. And so so the real question is how many of these guys will be moved? Not if these guys will be moved, when and how many. Because the D-backs, I, I think, this is just my opinion, I think they're going to be major, may, not just sellers at the deadline. I think they're unloading this roster at the deadline because why not? fully lean into the rebuild, fully lean into this young talent. I mean, just look at it today. We were able to see Dalton Varsho out there get a hit. He was able to score a run. Paven Smith, of course, he's been he's a really young player, first-round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, he's playing a ton as well. Wow. You know, Corbin Martin hasn't been good, but at least I like to see a young pitcher getting the reps. Josh Rojas, I like to see him getting the reps. We need J.B. Berskak is back off the injured list. Uh, I want to see Seth Beer. Free trade Christian Walker. I want to see Seth Beer. I, this guy seems like he could be a 30-home run, high-average guy. He just might suck defensively, so... I want to just lean fully into the young talent in the second half. Trade all these veteran players. Anyone over the age of 30 should be traded from this D-backs team. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fan favorites too, but I think it would be the smartest move for the Uh, D-backs. I've said before, I don't think you need a tank in baseball to be good, but for the D-backs, I think they just need to get as much young talent reps as they can because letting Nick Ahmed go out there and do nothing – offensively doesn't really help this team. Nick Ahmed has a 579 OPS right now this season. You want to know how bad that is? Let me find a, a stat to contrast that to show you just how bad that is because a two or uh, OB or was it again? His OPS was 579. So let me look up the NL slugging leader. So you guys could just get a perspective of how bad a 579 OPS is. All right. The best, okay, Fernando Tatis is slugging 697, Cassiano 599, Winker 590. So those guys slugging is higher than Ahmed's OPS. Just think about that. No one has a OBP, you know, that high. That would be ridiculous. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Get all the sports news you need in another 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!